On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Small business is the backbone of the state's economy. Electronic filing has been a priority of the Iowa Secretary of State and soon the cost for businesses will drop. The Iowa Legislature adjourned for the year early Wednesday morning will review some of the items affecting business. And in our business profile, you'll hear about a company that took an extra step to make sure its employees' compensation kept pace with this record inflation. This is the Iowa Business Report for Memorial Day weekend 2022. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. It's doubtful that too many businesses, regardless of size, enjoy filling out required government paperwork. When Paul Pate returned for a second tenure as Iowa Secretary of State in 2015, more than 15 years after his first tenure ended, he sought to modernize some of the procedures, but he told me this past week it was a daunting task. And I'm not exaggerating. Literally, when I walked into our business services wing over here at Lucas Building, I just took a deep breath. I was so taken back. I looked like we missed the whole Bill Gates era. The technology was that old. And I, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. My priority when I said I was taking this job on again was to operate at the speed of business, not government. Well, you can't really do that with two tin cans and a string. It was almost that bad. We did have fax machines. My gosh, we had those. But uh, the point being is we, we just weren't set up to do it. And uh, unfortunately, the legislature had froze up the budget for this office for some time in that area of business services. And it was extremely frustrating, Jeff, because in fairness, businesses pay a pretty fair fee for the services they're supposed to be getting from this office. I just thought, hey, guys, it's time you put some of this back into the capital equipment. It wasn't just the computer. It was the software. It's the make, hooking it all together. So because my goal was I wanted fast track filing. I, I wanted genuinely to where a business could just log in and get whatever they needed. And they didn't need to wait for a government official to get on the phone with them or online and walk, do this and do that. And, and also recognizing as an owner of my own small business that we typically do this government stuff after five o'clock, and frankly, a lot of it on the weekends. So you're not going to talk to anybody if that's the case. So we put a lot of time and effort into our IT people designing what we had to do so that these forms you fill out for us, and hopefully for your use, uh, can be done in a very simplistic way so you can figure it out yourself and get it done on a timely basis. So that's been a lot of what the capital money was put into as well. And also the end game. The end game here is not only that you can do all these forms fast track wise, but that frees up people to take real calls for when you have a real issue that you need to talk to somebody about. And that's uh, that was something we wanted to put more into. And that's helped a lot. And it shouldn't take weeks to get the form processed. And when you mail it in, that's about the oldest system you can think of. And a person has to open it, scan it, do all the re-inputting, and it just seemed ridiculous. So 
moving to fast track and getting people to go online and, and submit their data to us really sped that up immensely. So what was taking weeks literally can be done in sometimes five minutes. And that was a big step in the right direction. And, and I'm bragging a little here, but my colleagues in the other states, they're still dinosaurs. Most of them are really dinosaurs. Uh, it takes a long time and they charge absorbent fees. If you want to get a basic uh, incorporation done in some of these states, you know, they're charging you $500, $700. And it's like, for what? Someone's filing it. <laughs> and, uh, and in addition, you know, so these are things we've been very successful in avoiding. We, uh, we don't charge people to do searches on our website, whereas like in Minnesota, they do. You know, if you want to do certain searches, you have to be subscribed to that service. So again, the game was to not nickel dime the businesses, but to put a good base system out there. And through this technology fund that we established, we were able to raise the money and we were able to put the plan together and we've done it. We're well on our way to getting it all implemented. And here's the good news. I promised you that we'd only charge these fees for five years and then we roll them back to what they used to be. Come July 1st, your fees are going to go down dramatically. And I'm in a hurry to do that because I don't want the legislature or anybody to change their mind and decide they want to keep those fees coming in. But we think we did just exactly what we said we'd do. And I hope that uh, the businesses find it's working for them. We've seen over 33,000 new business entities. Now, to me, that speaks for consumer confidence too. Some people are spending money. You know, they're, they're buying real estate or they're starting some businesses here and there. That's a, a kind of a good news story to put out there. But it also means we've kept up the workload on our side because of the fast track filing. If we hadn't done the fast track, Jeff, we never would have got through COVID because there's no way businesses could, you know, shut down and you can't, governor, the government can't just lock their doors and say, we're not going to let you in. So the online filings were a blessing and that frees up my staff again to answer questions for people who have maybe tougher challenges they're working on. Well, just that 33,000 new business number, that was in a single fiscal year, the most recent fiscal year. I think if I have the numbers correct, Mr. Secretary, 181,000 filings using Fast Track in that same single fiscal year. Mm -hmm. So now... 89% 89% of business filings are mm-hmm. done in that manner. To your point, right. your staff now could be much more efficient and actually work ahead on servicing more oh, difficult challenges. Most certainly, and it's little things that add up. That's 181,000 envelopes we don't have to open. That's 181,000 checks we don't have to pull out and have to go through the depositing process. It's 181,000 things we don't have to scan in and do this and do that. You know, it, it's, it adds up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and again, postage stamps are going to be 60 cents uh, oh, each yeah. pretty soon, et cetera, et cetera. And when you're running a state agency, as you are, that becomes real right. money. All right, so you're going to roll back the fees to start the new fiscal year, which is tremendous. Where do you see this going in the next five years? Well, if you can keep a secret. Uh, <laughs> we'll keep it between us. Yeah, just between us. Uh, we hope to be able to expand our customer service hours because of the money we're saving over on some of these other areas, we'd like to perhaps shift some of that so that we can stay open a little later on the phones possibly even have some weekend hours. And that's something we're going to be surveying our customers on to 
find out what they'd like. You know, because I'm not just going to assume something because of my own life experience. I'd like to know firsthand what would be best for you. That to me is a is a, I think a positive step. It also gives us a chance to uh, give our staff time to really spend with you on the phone. If you know, instead of just being in a hurry because they have four more calls they have to take care of. Uh, I think that's a, a plus. The other thing, some of the things we're doing may sound a little non-conventional, but we're doing more and more business education, awareness, whatever you want to call it. We've been doing a series of seminars on cyber protection and malware and ransomware issues. Because a lot of our businesses, they're small mom and pops. They're one man, one woman operation. They don't have an IT staff. They don't have an HR person. They don't, it's just them. So we are trying to bring a few of those kinds of experts in and from, you know, periodically put something out there where they can come online and, and, and ask, ask questions and participate and get some things help, help them out. It's been well-received. A lot of folks tying into it. And I'm, I think we can do more along those lines. And uh, again, small business is the backbone of the state's economy. If we don't help them, who is? Paul Pate is Iowa Secretary of State. We connected via Zoom on Tuesday, May 24. The department website where these e-filing business services methods are found is sos.iowa.gov. Still to come a legislative review, and will profile a regional construction company which came up with a unique way to keep workers happy. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Secretary of State wants you to be a voter in the June 7th primary election. Here are some important dates to remember. If you received an absentee ballot through the mail, you'll need to return it to your county auditor by June 7th. From now until June 6th, you can vote in person at your county auditor's office and polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Election Day, June 7th. Don't forget your voter ID. For more information, visit voterready.iowa.gov. This is Michael Swanger, owner of Iowa History Journal. If you like cowboys and Indians, baseball, radio, World War II, and appreciate Iowa's rich soil, then our May-June issue is for you. Pick up the May-June issue of Iowa History Journal at Hy-Vee, Fairway, and now at Barnes & Noble, Target, Walgreens, and CVS pharmacies across Iowa. Better yet, visit iowahistoryjournal.com or call 515-490-7325 to subscribe today. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa. Sponsors of a two-day workshop featuring business financial solutions that work to be held on June 8th and 9th. More in the upcoming events section of AdvanceIowa.com. Shortly after midnight early this past Wednesday morning, the Iowa General Assembly adjourned for the session. Chief among the bills that were passed that have an impact on business, the third cut in state income taxes in five years. The new measure would make Iowa's 3.9% flat tax rate for individuals fourth lowest in the country. Five years ago, it was sixth highest at nearly 9%. Iowa's corporate tax rate has also dropped to 5.5% from a recent top of 12%. In addition, state taxes on retirement income will be fully repealed starting January 1st. Farmer retirement income on either cash rent or capital gains tax is also exempt. 
The focus has also shifted from unemployment benefits to reemployment assistance. Regular unemployment benefits have been reduced from 26 to 16 weeks, but the changes provide reemployment resources earlier in the process. Additional resources have been provided and modifications have been made to rules concerning child care. That was deemed a top priority in order to grow Iowa's workforce. The business property tax credit has also been altered from an opt-in benefit to an exemption available to all businesses. And the sales and use tax filing dates have been condensed soon to only two options, monthly and annually. No more quarterly tax payments, which can be a real benefit for smaller businesses. Coming up, compensation that is not just a gross salary number. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Where can expanding businesses find certified shovel-ready sites, the lowest water and sewer rates in Iowa, and excellent incentives for new construction? Why in Waterloo, of course. Eight industrial and business parks, including the new Air and Rail Park, make Waterloo the smart choice for growing companies. With advanced additive manufacturing and smart automation programs on the TechWork campus, Waterloo is building a skilled workforce ready for hire. I'm Mayor Quentin Hart, inviting you to Waterloo. Come for a visit, stay for the great quality of life. Look us up at cityofwaterlooiowa.com. The Iowa Secretary of State wants you to be a voter in the June 7th primary election. Here are some important dates to remember. If you received an absentee ballot through the mail, you'll need to return it to your county auditor by June 7th. From now until June 6th, you can vote in person at your county auditor's office and polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on election day, June 7th. Don't forget your voter ID. For more information, visit VoterReady.Iowa.gov. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest competitive dashboard data by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. In our business profile, we'll introduce you to Chris Hawkins, president and CEO of the family-owned Hawkins Construction Company, a regional firm with headquarters in Omaha. The business drew our attention this past week when it announced a unique payment plan to help employees' buying power keep up with this record inflation of late. So we are a fourth-generation family-owned general contractors. So we're headquartered in Omaha. In fact, Omaha is really our only location. Geographically, we work about 150 mile radius with a regular basis. Although while we're in Nebraska, we do quite a bit of Iowa work. The majority of our work is today infrastructure and that's full civil transportation infrastructure. So roads and bridges, airports, utilities, as well as more industrial work, which is largely water, wastewater, some renewable fuels. Those are our primary clients. For us as a general contractor and why this program is important, we self-perform a lot of work. So less than 50% of the work we do is subcontracted. The, the majority of it is performed by our own craftspeople. We're a merit shop company, which is our preferred way of saying we don't have any union jurisdiction, which means our people are more versatile. So we, we don't necessarily have 
craft people who are defined by specific trade, carpenters, operators, iron workers. Most of our folks are, are pretty broad-based, which allows us really to have projects with smaller staff, meaning we can pay people more and they get more done. They're more efficient. My great-grandfather and his brother were both from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, came down to Nebraska on athletic scholarships. Even as early as the 1910s, they were in the teens, they were giving out scholarships. So Nebraska was doing everything we could to be competitive at that point in time. Unfortunately, four generations later, the athletic trade did not stick, just the stubbornness. But their father was a lumberjack, and so he spent most of his time in Canada kind of hardly scratched out a living. So they really couldn't afford to get back home over the summertime. So what they did was started working construction and they worked for a local company out of Omaha at the time. And the owner of that company had a son who was in the business and sadly died on a project outside Davenport, Iowa. The previous owner didn't have much of a succession plan and tapped my great grandfather and his brother to run the business. The first job they did was Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, which it's still there. So that, that's our start. Off the top of your head, what are some projects that we might recognize within the borders of the state of Iowa? Let's see, if I go as, as far east as Cedar Rapids, we did a Cedar Rapids airport airfield pavement a handful of years ago. Outside that, probably the most recognizable work we've done is in Council Bluffs, the Council Bluffs interstate system, which is not quite a decade into reconstruction and is close to completion now. We've done the majority of that work on the paving and bridge side. That's been our our most significant work. We've also done work on ethanol and biodiesel plants outside Storm Lake and in Shenandoah. Those are probably the most significant ones people would recognize. Anytime you're going to want to develop a workforce, invest in these people, hope that they stay with you. But in the current climate, as you alluded to, it's hard to get people and companies are being more and more imaginative in terms of what they offer for retention. You had a very interesting project that caught our attention. You could have, I suppose, just given people raises, given inflation, but instead you were very targeted with a couple of payments during this calendar year, and no small amount of money either. Tell me where the idea came from and how you settled upon this distribution method. It came from a couple places. The the first piece is we did do raises. We're a family-owned business, 100% family-owned, but we still want our employees to have skin in the game and have an opportunity to to profit from our profits as well. So we split every year, we split our profits between company ownership and our employees. And so that that works its way into our bonus system. In March of this year, we completed our 2021 bonus, which amounted to about $7 million for non-executive individuals. And then we did our raises in April. Our raises started at 5%. And then on top of that, we also pay 100% of the health premium, which that went up about 2%. So the average employee's total package increased 7%. That's a pretty significant amount of money, particularly in, in our business. We incur the costs of increased labor, right? So when we bid a job, we're paying whatever the amount we bid is, whether or not our costs increase or not. So the creative piece of the problem we had to solve here was how do we get our employees raises that are actually meaningful in their purchasing power and overcome inflation, knowing that inflation, while probably not truly transitory, isn't permanent either. And so the idea was 
we can permanently raise the level of wages of our employees, five, six, in some cases, 12% for more merit increases without changing our cost structure so dramatically as to be non-competitive going forward. And so the idea of this program was we'll get people to a, a level where it's a higher pay than pretty much all of our competition, but still be able to account for the current environment. The calculation was simply the average family of three spends probably in the range of twenty-four, dollars $25,000 on basic needs. So that's housing, gas, baby formula. We have a lot of young employees, if you can find baby formula, right? And so we looked at what is the difference between true inflationary costs and just the increase in wages for purchasing power we wanted out of individuals. You know, if we said it's an eight and a half CPI or something like that, that meant there's a gap of at least $2,000 per individual that we weren't quite covering purely on even high wages. And so we looked at it and said, easy math. Let's distribute an additional $2,000 per employee. That way, we're not permanently raising our, our wages again to a point that's non-competitive. But at the individual level, their quality of life or standard of living is still at or above where they were last year. There's a true you know, heart compassion piece here. There's also a competitor piece here, too. And we like to win, and winning at the employment side is the way to stay in business for a long time. Chris Hawkins is president and CEO of Hawkins Construction, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated company, online at hawkins1.com. That's Hawkins, the number one, dot com. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, May 25th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. We're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us. We hope you have a safe Memorial Day weekend and a prosperous week ahead. Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.